What? Wait, we, we, we can't just gloss over that. What do you mean he has a banana costume? Like, that's normal. Uh, damn it, Eugene. Dumbass. Uh, yeah, I'm Toxie. Movie freaks. Outships the Toxic Avenger. That's cool. But I like Colin Farrell, because he's my doppelganger. Sumerian rat monkeys. Yeah, we're all Eugenes. Movie freaks. I like the way that your body talks. I think we finally figured out what was going on in the guitar player's house in Florida. Movie freaks. Oh, yeah, Lucas came home, and, uh, and I'm like, immediately, I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh, he's in a shit mood. What happened? Now he's now he's got to stand in front of a bunch of kids and read a couple pages out of a kid's book or whatever, and that pisses him off. He's like, I don't want to do it. I, it it's going to take you a couple minutes. Just think, it's a couple minutes out of 24 hours that you have to do it, and then it's done. Yeah. And tears, and then his cookie fell on the floor, and then it was just complete complete, you know, overload. Yeah. Oh, like, I, yeah, know. I know. I know. I would probably cry too if my molasses cookie would fall on the floor and all the sugar <laughs> fell off, I guess. <laughs> well, it's just the icing on the cake of a shitty day. And that, yeah, and that's what it was. It was just a complete shit day. And, the, you know, he's got a the girl in his class that's just just a nasty. And, of course, you know, she had to make fun of him a little bit about his the stuff that he has to read that it's like, oh, it's kind of tongue twister and you're going to Whatever. This kid bullshit. Yeah. Oh, I've got a high schooler. Oh, huh? I, yeah. Well, middle schooler, I guess, but going to be in high school. And she, she, yeah, she came home today and she's like, and this kid has always loved school. She's like, it's just getting worse. I hate it. I don't want to be there. I'm like, you mean the, like the work or the other kids? She's everything. I'm like, well, I know how you feel, kid. I hated school. Yeah. Welcome to high school. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I hated school. Oh, I did too. I, I I don't understand people that are like, oh, those were such great times and oh, so much fun with all my friends and no, I didn't. I didn't really my, have that. Yeah, majority of my friends were rednecks and no. I had some friends in high school, but we were the kind of the losers club, you know. I was like, we were the ones that got picked yeah. on all the time by other people whatever here we go let's start yeah. off our happy show with griping about the yeah, yeah i'm just yeah i'm just in a once he got home it just uh, i'm like no nah, i'm kind of pissed off which i'm like well that's you know that kind of goes along with the show so yeah <laughs> great well uh, yeah I, I got a little bit of sports stuff for you up front i know that you so try not to fall asleep but i think you'll enjoy what i'm gonna tell you here uh so oh, it was a couple weeks ago the browns won a game and in the post-game interview, like, our new quarterback just looked awesome. And they asked him how he felt. And he's like, oh, man, I, I woke up this morning feeling kind of dangerous and feeling good. And it was like everybody made a big, got a big laugh out of it. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, it was cool. And okay. for years, for years and years and years, like, stadiums have nicknames. And the nickname of ours was Factory of Sadness. Rightfully <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... They've been saying now that it's New Browns era, we got to come up with a new name. And so now they've started calling. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks now and we've won a couple more games. They started calling it the Danger Zone. <laughs> and that, Ooh, that, and I'm that, wearing, my, wearing my Top Gun shirt. And that Kenny Loggins song is becoming a, a an anthem that they play at the stadium. <laughs> uh, I so, really love, I, I approve. I, I, I approve everything like about that. that. <laughs> yeah. So they're actually doing kind of good, huh? 
they they're turning around, yeah. But unfortunately, we still had that shit coach for the first few games of the season, and then they fired yeah. him, and that you know, so we lost enough games that it would take a miracle for us to make the playoffs this year. Nobody's expecting that, uh, but yeah. it looks like for the first time since 1999, we have got a quarterback, and so they are lighting it up the league. Uh, uh, you know, they again, they've got too many losses to go to the playoffs this year, but more than likely. Okay, well that's. But going going I mean, forward, I'm... we've got a lot of positive. One more good draft, and we could be in the playoffs next year pretty easy. And, and the nice thing is, all the good teams are getting old now, so they're starting to suck. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <Finally>. <laughs> who's the big team this year? I can't believe we're talking about this. Yeah, who's the who's the big team? Oh, it's still New England. Uh, Tom Brady is still the best quarterback that's ever lived, even though he's the oldest one to ever play. I think, or just about. He's like forty-one. Isn't that uh, that's our buddy TJ's? Team, right? Oh yeah, yep, yep. He's he's up in Maine, so yeah, he's up see, there. See, see, I I know my sports shit. <laughs> we have forced enough on you on this show that you've retained a little bit. It's great. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. Begrudgingly. Other than that, what else we got here? Oh, let me just click. What's uh? Oh, I'm just looking at the tomato meter. Uh, ninety six percent, twenty six positive reviews. Uh, twenty five fresh, one rotten for Bumblebee. Oh. Uh, I was going to actually bring that up in, in Rabbit Trail. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I watched uh, Chris Duckman's review of it, and afterwards, and I, reviews are neither here nor there for me, but his review of uh, of Grindelwald was spot on. Almost everything he said, I'm like, yeah, me too. And then after his review of Bumblebee, he was like, well, guys, like, like this, this is legit good. It's basically E.T. with robots. Uh, he's like, it's set in the 80s, so cool. Different director, so you get rid of all the sex, you know, yeah. over-sex shot, the, the Michael Bay bullshit. You get rid of all of that, and he's like, it's a really, really fun movie. And so I'm like, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. And I told my wife this. I'm like, we might actually go see that in the theater after his review. So bravo to Mr. Chris Stuckman, I guess. Yeah, a variety uh, top critic. Bumblebee is basically the movie that fans of the 1980s animated series wanted all along. And he like, brought up the animated series, too. And he even said, he talked a little bit about John Cena, which I was like, eh. But he said that his character in the movie, you should watch the, it's like only six or seven minutes long, his review. But he said, he's kind of corny in it. But he's like, it's corny in a in a way that it was almost supposed to be corny versus a lot of the Transformers sequels that the corny was ham-fisted and kind of not good. He's yeah. like, this, it fits better, and it almost feels like more of an E.T.-type corniness. Well, I'm like, oh, all right. And E.T. is by no means a huge classic for me, but I'm still, I kind of get what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's something different and more self-contained versus the huge clusterfuck that is all of the, all the Transformers movies. I don't I, deny that at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, honestly, that has skyrocketed up my list. Here's another thing, too, if I'm not mistaken. I gotta check here. Uh, I think this comes out, this comes out the same day as Aquaman. And Aquaman Ooh, just man. did a hundred million dollar weekend in China. And is getting, starting, a couple of the reviews are starting to trickle in. They still got, uh, or they still can't talk about it for a couple of days. But the reviews are pretty darn high too. I'm seeing a 79% over here. Hold on, let me check. Let me... It's cool that, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings director. Yeah. Uh, Travis Knight made Bumblebee. And also, another thing that, that caught my eye was this one is an hour and 53 minutes. So just automatically deduct at least five, maybe ten minutes 
for end credits. I'm like, okay, that's reasonable. Not two hours and 25 minutes or whatever. I, I Everything now, it, I'm much more into. Uh, in fact, again, going back to Stuckman, he said that the main gripe that he had with it was it was almost a bit too E.T.-like at times, to where it's like, it's very, very, very similar to E.T., uh, but to me, I, like it, that's different from what the other Transformers movies were, and I want something different. I don't want the same. That's why I, didn't, I haven't even watched the last one, whatever the, I don't know, the Knights of the, the bullshit. La- last I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was. It was actually better than the one that came before it, in my opinion. Which, yeah. It. But that's not I saying think, much. Uh, yeah. I think that might be on Amazon Prime, so I might give that one a watch at some point, because I've seen all the, I own all the other ones on Blu-ray, uh, but... Yeah. And then Aquaman, on the other hand, 143 minutes. <laughs> that still looks so awesome. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. And, and Mary Poppins, my, which we will, there's like a 100% chance. Well, no, no, no. There's a 90% chance that we're going to see that in the theater because my wife adores Mary Poppins. It's Disney. I want to see it. The only thing that could throw it off is if the reviews are like atrocious, like they were for the Nutcracker that, you know, pretty much tanked. If it's really, really, like, bad reviews. We won't go see it. But otherwise, I could see that being uh, a date night with my wife. She would... Oh, she loves Mary Poppins. I'm good on that front. Yeah, but it's nice that there's a, a nice assortment of movies coming out here in the next couple of weeks that, you know, that I actually want to even... You know, I want to see. Yeah. But... Uh, shouldn't we I'm be Eric. bitching a little bit? We should, yeah, I'm Eugene. Shouldn't we be yeah. bitching a little bit more about, like, my next better, but I feel like I it's cold and that sucks. Well, yeah, well, I was changing the subject. Let's get ourselves introduced, and then I go, how are you, sir? Yeah. Uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I've been diving through my Vinegar Syndrome Black Friday order, so uh, whenever the day is even even mediocre, which I actually had a pretty good day, because uh, I got a lot of work stuff done, uh, and I, you know, it's like, got work stuff done, I got a strong cup of coffee here with some even stronger ingredients, and I'm like, I know that... Ah, tonight I'll be falling asleep to some vinegar syndrome crap. <laughs> uh, I've been so. sleeping like crap, but basically this weekend because I had a Monday morning meeting, and then I, I don't. I, there's a couple of events for work that I hadn't heard anything about yet that we do every year, and I was like, "Man, what's going on with that?" So I stopped at the office. Oh, there's been memos up for weeks that I haven't seen, or nobody's said anything to me about. And I was like, "Um, hello, what's going on with this?" And they said, yeah, we send everybody texts. I'm like, not me. I got nothing. So that was interesting. My company is moving on without me. Just see you guys waving in the distance, I guess. And, <laughs> and then they're like, did you hear about the meeting? I mean, you knew about the meeting this morning, right? I'm like, no, no, I didn't. Didn't know a thing about it. <laughs> what, what do you think about that? Does it bother you? No, it was an accident. It, it, it happened when the company is merging. Uh, he was probably adjusting some things on his phone, and I just didn't get added to a group, or I don't know. Whatever the case may be, it wasn't my fault. Yeah. I can't be at meetings I don't know about. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh... any time I have a meeting in the morning, though, I had a different meeting in, in the on Monday morning, and just any time I have a meeting, I, I sleep awful. I'm just not used to that, and so it, oh, I slept like crap, and then last night was a little better, but... Still, <sighs> and you were when you had texted me about uh, about oh, what was the word? What was the word that our uh, illustrious number forty five butchered? Oh, the, the smocking gun. 
Yes, the smocking gun. And, I, and I, even last night, I'm like, I'm trying to watch this, which I'll get to and recently watch this awful Brad Pitt movie from Vinegar Syndrome, nonetheless. I mean, it's like, what? How does that even work? But I'll, I'll get into that later. But uh, I'm watching the movie. And I'm like, what the hell are you smocking? I'm like, I guess her emails, haha. And I'm like, I don't know what, I don't understand. I thought that you had made a typo. I literally thought that you made a t- the typo. I'm like, ah, it's fine. I make typos too. I'm like, oh no, that's our, that's our. Yeah, yeah and I did. I second. purposefully didn't tell you what it was because I, yeah. I, I said Google it, and you're you're like, oh, what? And I knew, okay, yeah. he's not googling it. So I'm gonna tell him what happened, and then he'll go, no way, that's not true. And then he'll go Google it, and then he'll then he'll laugh. But I was like, no, I'm not gonna do the work for you. You go Google. Yeah. It. And so what I did is I actually just went to see what the today's or yesterday's events were. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's just a roulette table of of people coming and going in the White House, and like, I, it's more bullshit from him. I'm like, I, it's it's kind of you know the part of the part of the course. It's pretty much every day, so I didn't. And then I then this morning I'm like, wait a minute, what if I Google smocking? Yeah. What's that? I'm like, oh, <laughs> not once, but twice. Twice, same- yes. And the and the O is not close to the C on the keyboard. So yeah, yeah. There was a yeah. There was legitimate stupidity. Well, there always is legitimate stupidity in those tweets, but that one was even more so. I was like, ah, you you've taken it to a new high or low. Low, or yeah. I don't you've know. Taken it somewhere, but yeah. Oh, that night. I chuckled, and that was all, like, it was just a big, like, clusterfuck of crazy news. Like, I was getting that. At the same time, I was reading about the elite guitar player of Cannibal Corpse. Have you read this? No, no I'm not Googling. <laughs> oh, oh, So the lead singer of Cannibal, or lead singer, not the lead singer, the lead guitarist of Cannibal Corpse, uh, I guess last night his, he was arrested. Um, his house caught on fire in Florida, and he broke into a neighbor's house and was resisting an arrest and was, like, burglary, and I'm not sure if there was theft involved, but... And then you see the mugshot of him, and I'm like, everything... Again, that, I don't know the whole story, but everything points to way too much meth. Like, way <laughs> too much meth. Like, that that mugshot is... It's telling, and then, you know, he... I guess this guy was... He's a huge gun nut. So he had an arsenal of weapons. Flamethrowers. All sorts of crazy shit that was exploding, <laughs> exploding in the house. I'm like, this whole scenario sounds like a Cannibal Corpse song. Yeah, it sounds like something out of Metalocalypse. Is exactly what it's. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, let's house. see: guns, meth, flamethrowers, Cannibal Corpse, mm, burglary, Florida. Yep, yep. That's yes, that. that yes, all sounds exactly. In, yeah, and I li- I used to live in Florida. It's boy, it's it can be insane down there. And, yeah, there was a bit of insanity last night, I guess, or in the wee hours of the night. So then, of course, my mind goes to, and this is all during the smocking crap, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I really like that band, and they were going to go on tour with Slayer that I was going to buy tickets for tomorrow, and I'm like, please, replace the lead guitar player, because I really want to see that bill. I really want to see Slayer, Lamb of God, uh, that Alan... Amarth or whatever is that? Do you know them? Like they're more Celtic rock or something? I don't know. I'm. Oh, I, you're looking I, at me like no, I don't. Yeah. I'm just anyway. Yeah, I I love Cannibal Corpse and uh, and I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen if you guys have to drop out of the 
out of that tour. So immediately I'm like, ooh, maybe a, maybe obituary could come back and fill in that spot. I wouldn't mind seeing obituary. Anyway, this is. Yeah, on the other yeah, hand, you, normally you might be right, but on the other hand, it's Slayer and they, you know, I hardly see them going, sitting down and going, look, you guys are just a little too crazy for a yeah. Slayer sh- oh, show. Yeah. Well, no, 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 he's, this, this guy's going to probably go to jail for a long time. I mean, we're talking like, but burglar, I mean, it, he's probably not going to be in Cannibal Corpse anymore, or at least not for a long time. Uh, and the way his picture looked, I'm like, I'm actually a bit surprised you're still alive. Because that, I mean, it's, that picture was, it was bordering on the, uh, Gary Busey mugshot with hair, you know, you know, with that one where the hair is kind of yes, straight up yes. in the air. And yeah. So anyway. Okay. We got to talk about go. movies. We've bitched, we've gone past our time now. But I guess there was some movies in there, so we get a little extra bitch time. It was sprinkling. Yeah. Okay. You ready to go to the roulette? Mm-hmm. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. Okay, on this episode of the roulette, it is Target up against Cam, and I get to go first! Oh, joy! <sighs> From 2018, nine people are forced to play a lethal game in which only one of them can survive after they become trapped in an empty building. And the trailer kind of looked like a Battle Royale meets Saw, kind of, or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, alright, and it's an Indonesian film, which, eh. I'm looking here at the IMDb, and it looks like all of the actors use their real names for their characters. So they were playing themselves, or variations of themselves. Which might have, which kind of changes my perspective on it just a smidge, because I guess they're throwing in a dash of that, uh... This is the end, that that comedy mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. you know, where they're all playing themselves? Yeah. And so maybe if I were familiar with the actors, it would be a little more funny. And this this is listed as a comedy thriller. I mean, the comedy is, eh. The thrills are, eh. I mean, there's a couple of comedy bits here and there where it was like, eh, okay, that's kind of funny, I guess. But for the most part, this is just a rip-off of the Saw idea. I mean, it takes... Oh, I got lots of times for you because I was pausing how much longer is left in this one. (sighs) It takes about 30 minutes until they actually get into the house. This is a 90-minute movie. Until they actually get into the building. They're they're told they're going to be in a movie and they're all actors in the movie. And then they get drugged and they wake up in this house. And that's 30 minutes into the movie, for crying out loud. So that's the amount of talking and jokes that we had building up to that. Uh, Then right at the beginning of the trailer, there was a scene where they're all pulling guns out of boxes and being told they got to go hunt each other. That was an hour into the movie. I mean, we've now got 30 minutes left. Like, they put them in rooms where they got to figure out a way... First, they had one pistol with one bullet, and you got to take two turns shooting each other until one person dies, then you can leave. And if you don't, then I'll blow up your heads with my special collars. Okay, and it's some guy on a TV with a, a kind of flat-looking mask. He's like, you have to do this. Very saw, but but funny and well-lit. It's bright. It's, I... <sighs> then at the very tail end of the movie, they try and throw a whole bunch of twisty plot things at you, like, oh, we thought we had it figured out what happened, but here's what really happened, who the real killer was. And it was like, yeah, there was foreshadowing of that at the beginning of the movie. And there were clues all the way along that I picked up on. I was like, yeah, it's it's that guy. It, it's going to be that guy. One way or another, it's going to be that guy. It was that guy. 
Ding! Target. Over to you. Was there any gore or anything in it? No. There was a little bit, I mean, a gunshot to the chest here or there, but, uh... <sighs> no, no. <laughs> so no, it thank doesn't you. sound... Was it awful, or was it just, just not very good? It was not very good, and everything in it was a ripoff of some other movie. You know? Okay. It's like, I could go watch those movies. It, I, I mean, what is this even rated? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's PG-13. Ouch. Oh, trying to find any information on IMDb. There's just so much. I don't know. I'll yeah. look. Go, uh, go ahead with yours. Okay. Wah, wah, cam. Uh, from 2018. Alice, an ambitious cam girl. She's a cam girl. She's on camera stripping. She's kind of a stripper, but in a very... Uh, sorry, I have to use the word in a very hipster sort of way. Yes, I'm using the word. Wakes up one day to discover she's been replaced on her show with an exact replica of herself because it's science fiction. I... Once again, this movie is not made for me. I am in my 40s. This This movie is made for early 20s, if not teens, because it's titillating, except it's not really, and it's just every now and then little bits of skin, and but I was grossed out. Uh, basically, these girls, you're, it's like a Bitcoin thing or whatever, and these girls are on their laptops, and they have a little webcam, and they, they eat steaks, and they splash around in little kitty swimming pools in their, their sexed-up bedrooms, and then they sometimes show their titties, and, and they're dressed skimpy, and then they're eating, like, and, and people are, like, giving them Bitcoin money, and then the higher they, like, the more money they get, or whatever, fake money, whatever, I don't know, then the more popular they are, and it's all about being in the top 50, I think, and you want to be number one, and then all of a sudden, um, well, shit, how does it even, I mean, it's so, <laughs> it's so stupid, it's so stupid. So then a exact replica of herself shows up, and she gets locked out of her account, which, of course, just ruins her life, you see. Um, because her whole life and her well-being revolves around her stripping to strangers online, and oh, and she meets up with some creepy, pedo-y type dude that is her biggest fan. He moves into town, and they have to team up, kind of, to figure out what's going on. And then she—I'm going to spoil it, I, I guess, from what I remember. So then she has a, this showdown with her and her exact duplicate, and she like she starts to. Smash her face up, like smashing her face against the table. It was, it was so, so damn stupid. And I, I, I hated this movie so bad. And I, I know I've seen worse roulettes primarily because this is somewhat competently made and shot and whatever. And I know that there are certain people out there that would probably really like this, but it's just, I'm too old for this shit. It's not, it's, yeah. I'm too old for this. Cam, get off my lawn. Yes, it's, oh, it, nothing about it remotely, remotely intrigued me. I didn't care what happened to our lead actress, because I'm like, I just, just vapid, shallow, oh, I'm sorry that someone stole your online account, and that's your whole well-being, and and she's just devastated. I don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care about your, it was just... It was so bad. So bad. But again, I'm not the right crowd for this movie. So for that, I will say 
it's not like it was so incompetent that it was unwatchable. This is not Mystery Science Theater type stuff. It's just the farthest thing from anything that I am remotely interested in. And it's almost like Black Mirror, which is fantastic, but drug out way too, way, way, way too long with not as good production values, not as good acting, uh, not as good effects, not as good anything, not as good anything, just a trying to be Black Mirror, but not good. Gotcha. So for, for that, I gave it, I mean, maybe one star, but it, it's uh, chalk it up to another one that's required viewing in hell. I hated it. Hated it. Okay. All moving right. on. Yep. Let's move on. Uh, oh, no tar, uh, uh, no grade on target, by the way. Oh, rating. I oh. can't, there's no, I'm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. You, you can't even find anything. I, yeah, it. It's, it's such a baffling movie. I, I can't, I have nothing to say about it. <laughs> Uh, no, I can't find any rating on it. Not on IMDb, anyway. It's where they have the... I went and looked up another movie to see where they put the ratings on their pages, and it's blank on target, so... I would say wow. it's probably PG-15. Like, maybe they okay. say a couple bad words or something. I, I... Oh. Let's, let's please hopefully pick better movies this week, right? Yeah, it is the roulette coming your way. Gehenna, where death lives. Developers looking for a location to build a resort on Saipan stumble into a subterranean bunker from World War II, or an evil force lies in wait. Uh, the Art of the Steel. I think this has been on before. Crunch yeah. Calhoun, a daredevil motorcyclist and mostly reformed con artist, agrees to do one last job helping his brother Nicky steal a priceless book. Kurt Russell, J. Burrishell. And lastly... Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, an orphan boy raised by animals in the jungle, seizes his destiny while confronting a dangerous enemy. And his own human origins! Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, Nomi Harris, directed by Andy Serkis. I figure, I, I, I went horror, you had at least one horror movie in there, and one kind of action thrillery thing, and then a family affair that you might be interested in anyway. Yeah. Okay, and heading your way, I actually cannot believe that neither of us have seen this yet, but uh, 2015's The Lobster. This is from Yorgos Lanthimos. He's the director of um, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I watched and, and quite liked. And from what I hear, this is very, very similar, but a bit more comedic. This is uh, starring Carlin Farrell, Rachel Weiss. In a dystopian near future, single people, according to the laws of the city, and that's in all caps, like, the city, are taken to the the hotel where they are obliged to find a romantic partner in 45 days or be transformed into beasts and sent off into the woods. I think that actually sounds quite good. And uh, I've been wanting to watch that. That's one that I think that regardless, eventually, once I get caught up on all of my stuff, if you don't pick it, I'm going to eventually watch that one. I've been really wanting to watch that. Next up is The Darkness. Um... Oh, shit. Aren't there a few uh, movies with that well, title? There is, and of course, the one I pulled up is not the right one, so now i got to go and hunt and find because right. I prepared, I'll, you see? I'll, I'll help look. It's all right. Okay. Yeah, on IMDb, I'm not coming up with... Uh, Do you have a year for that one? For Netflix? Um, probably it was 2016. That's probably a good bet. 
I'm not. I'm the only one that I'm coming up with, and it's uh, again, is I'm it, on IMDb. Is oh wait, Greg wait, wait. Greg it's McLean not the one with Greg McLean. It's not that one. Okay, I was gonna say no, thank you to that one. No, it's not that. It's um okay. So um, well, shit. Hold on a sec. Let me pull up the instant launcher. That's a good place to search for it. It's quick. Hmm. I've got Darkness Rising, uh, In Darkness. There we go, In Darkness. Okay. So my fault, sorry about that. title helps yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah. Blind pianist yeah. fears for her life after the suspicious death of her neighbor, the daughter of a businessman accused of war crimes, Natalie Dormer, at screen, Emily Rajakowski. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Now, this one might actually, that, that really sounds like a remake of a Spanish movie that I have on Blu-ray that is really, really good. Where this, it, she's blind. Yeah, well, that, this. I wonder if this is a remake. So, anyway. Um, but it sounds really good. Um, so there you go. And, uh, also the crew. I thought this looked, looked decent for a Netflixer. And the crew is from 2000. Ah, uh, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> Documentary on on uh, documentary on IMDb. No, it's not a documentary. Instant Watcher, dude. I'm telling you, that's the best place to get your synopses. The crew, after an unexpected misstep, a crew of skilled Parisian robbers find themselves forced to carry out a daring heist for a powerful crime organization. That there. (laughs) You're like pick a thing. Uh, okay, well, I was going to pick the crew, but now I want to go see if it's subtitled. I'm guessing it is. I will take the lobster. Excellent. I was going to take the crew, but I, uh, and in darkness, I'm going to change. I would guess that the lobster is probably going to be your safe pick. Uh, it looks good and all, but you could have the fearsome H word reeling its ugly head. Uh, yeah, well, and and honestly, like, but I like Colin Farrell because he's my doppelganger. Yeah, and the uh, killing of a sacred deer is very much it borders on that, uh, but it's very interesting and unique movie. Uh, killing of the sacred deer was, and I would bet that this is very similar. Uh, I'm gonna pick Mogwai, uh, of course. I really, oh yeah, well, that movie. I mean, I remember seeing a preview for that in the theater, and this was gonna be a you know, big theater movie, and now it's just kind of, boop, Netflix. And it's, again, it's one that I can watch with my wife, and those are few and far between on the roulette, so I can kill two birds with one stone. Thanks, Netflix. Automatically playing trailers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I'm, I'm getting too safe. Maybe I need to quit throwing you so many wife movies. <laughs> Get you some more roulette shit on there. <laughs> oh, after the cam, I'm good. I'm, I'm real good. I keep going back to this one that I watched last year, um, and it was something about an exorcism. And it was one of the worst movies. I'm Actually, one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. I was so angry watching that movie. Do you remember that? It was... I All, I know, all it, I know is that I don't think anything has ever topped... The, that one that I watched and was like, dude, you gotta see this one. The Western one? No, (laughs) no, the the one where there was... Chosen or the... The Chosen. That, yes. 
That is, yeah. I think that might be the worst roulette of all time. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to sometime do a like worst roulettes of all time for this show, but they they leave my brain matter so fast if they're they're really crap that some of these I won't even remember. Like the mall, I remember that that was terrible. But there's we watch so many every year that uh, going back a couple of years, I'm like I, I watched that. I don't know if it's good or bad anymore. Like, they're so, well, they're that some, bad. Well, the, only the ones that are super bad really stick. The ones that are just shit fade away. Like, I have to, we say it all the time, we gotta go look them up at the end of the year, because you don't remember what yeah. the hell it was. That apartment 1303 or something? That was terrible. That was up there. That was that was up there, but The Chosen is still the king, I think. Yeah. Ooh, we've watched some fecal matter, all right. <laughs> it's funny how often our roulette titles cross up. The Lobster and Mowgli, Legend of the... Uh, two animal movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm... I, yeah, we both... I think we both picked pretty safe ones this week. Well, we earned it from last week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the rabbit trail, and I'm up first. I've... It's going to be a good rabbit trail. This might actually take the bulk of the rest of the show, because I found some great stuff that I want to hear your opinion on. Okay. And so, I'd like to just do my two topics real quick, and then we'll go to yours. Hold okay. on a sec. Oh, are you sick? No, I just... The the heat runs and runs and runs, and then it drives me out. I go to bed, and I wake up, and I'm so stuffed that I'm almost throwing up. Like, when my throat gets all drainy and cloggy, I just start gagging. Mm. <clears throat> and so, I've been home, and then it's just... It's more like allergy than anything. Anyway, with these topics, they it's funny, because I found these... And I was like, ooh! And there's a good chance you've read the same stories I did. But I was like, I want to get your opinion on the on these things. First up, Toxic Avenger, big budget movie, in works at Legendary. How do you Yay. feel about that? Oh, bring it on. And, uh, right off the bat, what, I'm t- just going to tell already... Me, tell me, what the hell is that going to look like? Because that story is so... That movie is so friggin' weird and and... Related to its low budget of trauma esqueness, uh, what is a big legendary got it, dude? Like, uh, holy crap! What is that going to look like? To me, it's another Toxic Avenger movie, and I'm all for it. And if it's not good, I still have the other four, or whatever. It's, I'm, I'm like, I know that there's already like, no, don't remake it, no. I'm not, I, I'm not saying that at all. I, I, you, yeah, I've been very yeah. vocal about fine with remakes. Because they, you can't touch the originals to me. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't affect it. And you might actually make a good movie. Sometimes it happens. I, I just mean like, what's a big budget movie like that gonna look like? Because that movie has such deep sexual tones and he's wearing a bikini and there's so much stuff in that movie that you can't do these days. And they're gonna I try know. and run it through the big budget. R-rated machine, yeah. like what? Because now that I'm really, th- yeah, now that I'm really thinking about it, I mean, that movie is, I mean, it's a bit rapey, and they kill kids, they kill, a, they shoot a dog. That's I mean, it's the opposite of PC. R- yeah, it is. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to do this. Uh, I mean, hey, they made a Toxic Avengers cartoon or a Toxic Crusaders cartoon, so anything's possible. But yeah, I have to set my expectations in check. I mean, I cannot imagine that they would make it PG thirteen, but the storyline is itself pretty cool. Like this nerdy, wimpy kid gets dumped in toxic waste and outshits the Toxic Avengers. That's cool. But I just, yeah, I wonder how that will translate to a bigger budget. 
but oh, I'm sure that Troma and Lloyd Kaufman is laughing their way all the way to the bank. Oh, they're going to make 15 movies off the little bit of the tiny little check they got off this. <laughs> yeah. I think they'll yeah. probably just excise all of that kind of super R-rated stuff, or uh, not PC stuff, and just make him like a Swamp Thingy type superhero. Yep. Yeah. I mean, unless unless they go the Puppet Master route, the remake of the Puppet Master or whatever is incredibly mean-spirited and gory, much more so than all of the actually original uh, Full Moon Puppet Master. So, but it's legendary. This is like the new Puppet Master, while a, a nice size budget, it was still kind of just relegated to Blu-ray and video on demand. But legendary, that's a big company. So you'd think that they're aiming for a theatrical release on that. And so they, they can't even, they can't do certain things. There's just no way. Like, we're not going to see kids' brains smashed all over the concrete like we yeah. did. Well, that's I, interesting. And even the, like, only way, the only way I think you're going to get it to work, is, well, look, you're either going to slide it all the way down to maybe a uh, PG-13, and it's going to be a superhero movie with a grotesque superhero. Or if you really want to, and, and forget everything about the original. Or if you really want to make it, at least pay a little bit of homage to the original, maybe not killing, smashing kids' brains in, but you have some of that creepy crap in there. And yeah. you're going to have to, in my opinion, it's going to have to be R-rated. You're going to have to have somebody with a lot of talent that understands horror, and understands what they're dealing with, like James Gunn and... Uh, James, or, I was just going to say was James his, Gunn. What was his weird little worm movie? Something like so, that. Slither. Slither, where it's low budget for what it is, but it looks like it has a much bigger budget. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it Honestly, probably just that w- leak out onto yeah. DVD. That Slither is a great comparison, because Slither felt like a big budget trauma movie. It That's what it felt like. So if they would go that route... They could, I think they could pull it off. Uh, James Gunn is a really, really good director and he is a student of trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see James Gunn take on something like that. That would be so awesome. That would be the perfect choice, but it probably yeah. isn't going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, and I'm already, I'm thinking of like, are they going to have the, you know, I like the way that your body talks, body talks. Like whenever they go to the, whenever they go to the gym, um, they always play that awful, wonderful song. And, <laughs> Does that, does that, I'm sure that one has the car flip in it, right? Oh, the legendary car flip. Now, I, I, I just that want in that it. in there. That's all I want. <laughs> yes. And I would love to see, like, the original, like, use that footage. That would be yes. so great. Even if it's, it's on a TV so in the background. Yeah. I wonder if they wouldn't shoehorn that in somehow, because that's almost like, that's almost like the old car from Evil Dead. It always makes yep. an appearance, and that's... <laughs> Oh, yeah. But I smile. This is actually something that, that Arnold Schwarzenegger had wanted to do a long time ago. He wanted to, he was involved in remake, reboot, whatever of Toxic Avenger. I remember, this was a while ago, but I remember that he had wanted to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm Toxie. Yeah. Which I, yeah, I watch that. <laughs> I would too. I'll watch anything Toxic Avenger. I mean, who am I kidding? Yeah. I have got the poster hanging in my, in my theater room downstairs with Lloyd Kaufman's scribbles all over it. Yeah, we're all Eugenes. Yeah. <laughs> you were with me when I got that poster and had him yeah, sign yeah, it. Yeah, because I was helping you get stuff signed, and he signed your thing, and you're like, oh, what's your name, Eugene? And like the, uh, he goes, okay, what's your name? And I'm like, e- e- Eugene. And he goes, ah, this is the le- this is the uh, name of my lead character in the movie you're about to see. And I said, we're all Eugenes here. <laughs> so every, every time I say that, that's what I'm talking about. Just, 
yeah. us meeting Lloyd and being like, duh, 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 duh. yeah. <sighs> and me crouching Good awkwardly, times. look like I'm taking a shit. In that picture. Oh, that That's picture great. is one for the ages. I, oh, I want to someday get that framed because yeah, we're both <laughs> pretty drunk and you're, you're squatting shitting and Lloyd Coffin's making a goofy face and Eugene's behind Eugene and <laughs> <laughs> Eugene's in the front. <laughs> Yep, there's there's so much awkward going on in that picture. <laughs> it's great, and they still have they still haven't released uh, part two. Return to return to class of Newcomb High. It, I mean, it's been years now. Hmm. Okay, the second thing I wanted to bring, and I really hope you didn't see this yet, but I'd be shocked if you didn't. Peter Jackson. Have you heard any news about him lately? Uh, yes, about uh, remastering Bad Taste and. Dead Alive Damn and uh, Meet the Feebles yep. in 4K, yeah. Uh, he's going to give his four first four films the They Shall Grow Old treatment. Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, Brain Dead, Dead Alive, and Heavenly Creatures. He wants to do a box set, fully restored from Prince by Weta, uh, change the stereo to 5.1, video diaries, special features, really blow them all out. And the reason that he decided to do this, he's been wanting to re-release them, Read this great article about it today. Hollywood Reporter. You should go check it out. He turns out he owns all those movies, which I was like, oh, oh, okay. Why haven't we put them back out then? Uh, apparently, he was waiting till he could get the process right, or or maybe it was because the what's the name of that movie? They Shall Grow Old that he's putting out. That restoration of a of World War One footage. Yeah, He was so impressed with it that he said one day he took one of the reels down, a 16 millimeter of bad taste, just to see what it would look like running it through that process. And he said, holy shit, this looks amazing. So he's doing that treatment for all four of those films. And it's probably going to be a box set. I was just like, holy crap, that's awesome. I can't wait to watch that at Eugene's house because I won't be able to afford the box set. (laughs) I am buying the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dead Alive got a Blu-ray release uh, years ago. That's it's been long out of print, and it actually fetches a nice amount. Uh, but it's it's you can tell it's like it's better than DVD, but not by much. Uh, that's that's so great, mainly for uh, bad taste. Bad taste would be the number one movie of all of those that I would like to see remastered, and I love bad taste. Yep. Me too. Uh, in fact, I would not be at all surprised if that gets some sort of a limited theatrical release, especially uh, Dead Alive and Bad Taste. Even Meet the Feebles. They're all so bonkers weird. I could see those, you know, going to small, you know, getting a one-night-only Fandango thing or whatever. Yeah, man. Those movies are hardcore, though. I think, yeah. like, Bad Taste might be the easiest one to swallow out of Meet the Feebles and Dead Alive. Yeah. I just can't get used to calling that. I can't just can't get used to calling that brain dead because it's always been dead alive to me. Yeah, and I've watched the brain dead version, which that's a a longer version than dead alive. That's the UK or the the European uh, version, and it like some of the effects weren't quite done. It it doesn't work. Like I actually I like the uh, the the American uncut version versus the brain dead version. The brain dead version, I mean, it's a good. I want to say maybe ten minutes longer. Don't quote me on that, but it. It uh, it breaks up the flow. It, that brain dead version is. I hope that he doesn't do that. I really hope he sticks with the American unrated version because it just the timing is really good on that, and it's it the other one's just a bit too much. If that makes sense. yeah, actually, I get you. I get you. Do you still have my copy of the Dead Alive DVD? Dead Alive DVD. 
I had I had traded it to you at one point because I was like, this movie is just so fucking gross. I don't think I can ever watch it again, and now I regret it. I wish I still kept it. Uh, probably no, I don't because I had got the Blu-ray. I still have bad taste on Anchor Bay's long out of print DVD. Me too, and, and I love Meet it. the Feebles. Yeah, I still got Meet the Feebles on DVD, and I Me don't too. know if I even. I don't. I don't think I own Heavenly Creatures yet, and I I I appreciate that movie for what it is. That was him kind of starting to become like. I don't want to say legitimate, but just more of a serious director. Yeah. Which is his splattery first three, but that was a very interesting movie, and I would like to revisit that one, although it's heavy stuff. I have it on DVD, and I've only watched it once, and I really did enjoy yeah, I mean, it. I, yeah. It was uh, him, like you said, totally trying to be like, hey, guys, I can make a mainstream movie. It's just, it's mm-hmm. not all, oh, what were the name of the rats in the beginning of Dead Alive? <laughs> it's not all the rats. Sumerian, Sumerian rat monkeys? Yes, there you go. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I hope that he, I hope that this is not, I'm sure it's not going to be a revisionalist and he's not going to, I can't imagine he's going to change up effects and do anything like that. Just the original Prince remastered in 4K. That's what I would have. And then tons of special features. Bring that on. And, well, other, the, I think the only big change is going to be the sound, which yeah. he, he wants to make some of the sound effects a little more crunchy and munchy and whatever. And I'm, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. And, yeah. and turn it from stereo to five one. Yeah, and I would. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, even that he'll probably still include the original mono or the original stereo soundtrack. At this point, a lot of collectors like to have that original audio track. I, I'm neither here nor there. Like I'll, of course, I'll want to hear it in five one or the remastered audio. But it is nice to have that original audio if you want to. Yeah. So okay. like, there's actually a few. There's a few movies that I have on Blu-ray that I actually pick. The original, uh, the original audio versus the remix seven one or five one, whatever. Just because it for me, it like it's it sounds better that way. Like even like the thing, I just watched the thing on blue on uh, Arrow's Blu-ray, and I actually picked the original four point one uh, audio track that was how it was originally played in theaters, and it sounded wonderful. What's wait? What's four one? Is that without a center? Um, maybe, yeah, uh, or it just like, or it, like it, it's um, the two front channels like just it kind of matrixes it to all of the like the front speakers, but it was it's four point one, and I that's the version I listened to, and it sounded fantastic. But that was the the way it was originally shown in theaters, which is odd to me. But I'm like, oh, I want to watch it the original way it was screened, and it. You know, the audio still it sounded really good. That's I think the first time I ever listened to that audio track, and it, to my ears, it sounded great. I've never seen that on Blu-ray. Yeah, so that's the Arrow version. I don't believe that the Screen Factory version has that. But uh, my first anyway. my first few view- viewings of that movie were, I believe, Laserdisc at your house, and probably yeah. Then DVD, the DVD I've had for years and years and years. Okay, that's you all. Need I, all I you, need, you need to upgrade that to Blu-ray at some point. You really, really I will, I will. It's just, it, I just haven't yet. It's one of those movies that I've seen so many times, and I haven't. I, honestly, I might not have seen that movie in a decade. It's been that long. No, oh, no man. reason. It's just I know yeah. every frame of the movie pretty much. Yeah, I, I love that movie, and I don't want to get burned out on it. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet because I, I watched it last year, and I. It's almost like when these new remasters come out or and then I'm like, oh, I have to watch that. And it's like, especially like the Arrow versus Scream Factory releases, there's a big 
big difference in the color grading and it like it looks different and arrow's version is supposedly like the true way it was shown back in 1982 versus the screen factory which has a more bluish tint to it and i i could definitely tell a difference and it almost looked a little bit more grainy than the screen factory version uh, but i will watch the thing like in a tiny black and white tv if i have to i love that movie so much <laughs> I think I've mentioned that I want to rewatch that movie in the last two horror thons, and I haven't got around to it. I think it was just this last uh, last week I was thinking, man, I need to watch that movie again. Hmm, I wonder if Addie's ready for that. <laughs> I think I can blow her mind with the <laughs> with the that gore. That movie and still holds up with the gore. I mean, every time I watch it, I'm like 1982, and none of the effects look dated to me. They're they're so impressive. And oh, uh, so the spider head crawling across the floor. You can tell it's being yeah, pulled by something, but yeah. it's not a foul. It's just, oh, you can tell yeah. it's practical. It, but it's still icky because it's real. Like that's a real prosthetic thing in camera and it looks real. And then it, as soon as they torch it with the flamethrower, it makes this. And I'm like, ooh, I feel you on fire. And it's. <laughs> now I think yeah. we've, I think we finally figured out what was going on in the uh, guitar player's house in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just, this lead guitar was like, we're going to figure out tonight which one of you is the thing. The lead singer is sitting there going, if it's all right with you gents, I'd rather not spend the rest of the winter tied to this fucking couch. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Oh, it all comes full circle. It always does with us. Sure, sure. Back to, okay, rabbit trail, you, go ahead. Okay, um, just more on the shenanigans that is Code Red. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. Code Red, Code Red Bill, and he's teamed up with uh, David DeFalco. And David DeFalco is a director. Uh, he made a movie called Chaos, that is a uh, kind of a loose remake of Last House on the Left. And this David DeFalco, he uh, he started his own Blu-ray releasing company called Dark Force. And uh, I'm thus far very impressed with Dark Force with. They're, um, and it's very similar titles to Code Red and a lot of the, uh, Code Red has their own unique list of titles and Dark Force is very similar. Uh, the difference from Dark Force and Code Red is Dark Force is very quick with like customer response, ship times, prices of their Blu-rays are really good. Um, however, uh, they're very similar with regards to how they interact with customers, um, or, and even trolls online and, they're just very off-putting and I don't want to say sleazy, but they're just very, they can be very nasty, very nasty. And it pisses the collectors off. Uh, this David DeFalco guy, he used to be a wrestler, I guess so. And he's still like this really big, imposing looking dude. And Bill, Code Red Bill, is a old, out of shape, very out of shape, uh, crabby, bitchy old guy that just bitches about everything and they do these things like i don't i i i don't want to compare them to trump but it's just something about how they act reminds me of trump's tweets just what the fuck what what are you doing you're what are you doing so recently dark force did this live update like first of all bill's website got shut down uh and supposedly there was you know don't, I'm not sure, but it rumor has it that there was some uh, rights issues with some of the movies that he was still peddling on his site that now other companies own, and his site got taken down, like completely da- down. So Dark Force makes this huge announcement 
that you know Code Red site has been nuked and you know World War Three of the of the of the format war not format <laughs> wars but but Blu-ray releasing wars has begun and blah 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 and I mean this Dark Force guy has already you know more or less threatened the Vinegar Syndrome guys like oh, I know what I would do if I were you you know Bill if if they because the Mausoleum came up. Vinegar Syndrome has the rights to Mausoleum. They released it. It sold out in one day. I've got a copy. And uh, Bill was, at one point, he was bitching about this on, on YouTube. And, uh, we, you know, my lawyers are going to get involved, blah, blah, blah. And this DeFalco guy was like, well, I know what I would do if I were, you know, basically saying I would beat the shit out of this. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, this is probably fairly incriminating. But, but I'm like, and so it all comes down to Bill's, for the most part, always full of shit. Always. And if Vinegar Syndrome has the, like, released it, they're legitimate. They have the rights. And Bill's full of shit. So his site gets taken down, and all of a sudden, uh, I'm blabbing here, but Dark no, Force No, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Go ahead. <laughs> Dark Force does this live from the hospital, which is just in bad taste, because Bill, I guess, he... <laughs> something happened to him, and he... Which doesn't surprise me with the way he lives. He eats Samaro pizza all the time, and he eats like shit. He looks awful. He ends up in the hospital, and you, there's, I think, only been one instance where we've actually seen Bill on camera. He did an interview on some rando late night, some random talk show thing, and he had, like, a hat on and sunglasses, so you kind of saw what it looks like, but every other time, he always has this banana costume on. And he's in the hospital. What? Wait, in his, we, we can't just gloss over that. What do you mean he has a banana <laughs> costume? Like, that's normal. He has a banana, like, literally, like, it's a Full, a full body banana costume. <laughs> um, but it just, he just puts it over his head and then he has a t-shirt and jeans on. He doesn't, he doesn't like zip the banana costume up. It's just resting on his head. So we never see his head. So whenever he's talking, which incoherently, again, a Trump thing, he doesn't make sense. He just, bleh. So he's in the hospital, laying on the hospital bed in, in gowns, IVs hooked up and a banana costume on. And, oh, I, shit happened, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, is this guy dying? Because this is in really, really bad taste. And then he's, he orders out you know, P.F. Chang, or he went Panda Express in the hospital, and they're talking about his woes, about the site got shut down, and blah, 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 and the Falco guy is narrating and videoing this, and I'm like, you are in a hospital, and it just, it was in such such poor taste, but I'm like, I wouldn't expect anything less than what I'm watching right now. And so it just sets the, the, these, co the collectors, us collectors and our websites that we frequent and talk about this stuff, just set it ablaze of what the hell is going on. People had outstanding orders from Code Red that are probably are not getting fulfilled because the website was taken down and this guy is not the most trustworthy of the bunch. Um, so it's just been nothing, nothing but drama. And what I, I appreciate with all of the, uh, the only other company that has ever sparred with Bill and actually taken his troll bait is 88 films from the UK, uh, because they released some of the same movies and he always is threatening them and they, oh, they stole my print and now they're releasing it and blah, 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 blah. And they, they troll him some, but Vinegar Syndrome, they don't say a word. Uh, and I mean, they're doing well. Uh, they're just quietly doing their thing, and they're not. It's funny because they don't acknowledge him, whereas Eighty Eight Films kind of trolls him back a little bit. But it's like he just wants attention, and it's just, uh, it's it's just weird. It it's almost like a movie in the making, and I would totally watch that movie. 
it, so it's just weird. The dude wears a banana costume. Yes, it's weird. Yes. What's uh, he's begging yeah. for trolling. Yes, he is begging for trolling. And the way and his his like he is actually on like Blu-ray.com. He actually comments. There, there he is right now. Almost every single post that he talks about, because he's always fighting with with users there, and people like to troll this guy at this point because he asks for it. Filled with typos and things that don't make sense, and it's like, is this an act? Is like, is he really like? Part of me thinks that he does this to to make some people talk about him, um, and that he's kind of in the public eye. With I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's yeah. so bizarre and weird and. I hope this is at all, you know, I hope some of this is at least enjoyable. Oh, it is, it is. I'm, I'm, oh, it's very, it's a bizarre movie that you're painting for me right now. There's a man in a banana suit in the hospital and he's, he's fighting with internet people. Like, why? That's, it's, it sounds to me like a doomed company because a it does. respectable company or a professional company doesn't do these kinds of things. No, they don't at all. And he's got some good titles. I, I would, I mean, in a, in another reality, I would love to, like, be the owner of Code Red, and I, like, legit, like, I would love to do what these guys are doing. I would love to do that. Re- you know, remaster these movies, and uh, it's so fascinating to me. And then to see this guy just doing weird, weird-ass shit, and I'm like, dude, you, you've got a lot of cool movies that he always is bitching, I only sold 300 copies of this, and I'm like, funny, because Vinegar Syndrome sold out of a movie that I have not even heard of. Um, and it's because they're doing it right and they're nice and they legit, like, they take time to make their movies look good and special features and slip covers and the pricing is good and shipping is fantastic and customer service is great and you bitch about, you've only sold 300 copies of this, no one's buying it and, you know, you you're bitching and moaning and like, yeah. Well, you you found a 35 millimeter print of this lost movie, and you literally slapped it on Blu-ray. No special, you just slapped it on Blu-ray. Here you go, and it looks like shit. It's high definition, but it still it looks like shit. Yeah. Um, whereas Code Red or uh, Vinegar would never do that. 88 Films would never do that. These other companies, they take the time to fix their movies up, and, and that would actually that, that would be okay if you were only charging like 10 or 15 bucks. But he's probably charging 30. Yeah, yeah, they're charging way too much. So, uh, I will, I mean, I will give this to DeFalco and Dark Force. At least, at least uh, he's got good shipping policy and his prices are right. But man, is it a train wreck. And I'm just, I, I seriously, every day I'm like, I go on the code red site on blu-ray.com waiting to see, well, Bill passed away. I'm just, I'm waiting for that to happen. Yeah. And that he, they bury him in a, in a banana man costume. <laughs> I, <laughs> It seems to probably line up with his wishes, I would guess, at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a there's a user on Blu-ray.com, Fracking Toaster, and his avatar is Code Red Bill laying on a hospital bed with a banana. I'm looking at it right now. He's just sprawled out on a, on a it's him. It's Code Red Bill's picture. Um, some guy just took a screenshot of it, and that's his avatar. Like, <laughs> perfect. I wish I would have that avatar. <laughs> banana, man, banana Man in hospital bed. It looks like he's dead. <laughs> anyway, it sounds less go. like a movie and more like a Simpsons episode. Are uh, are you ready to move on to recently watched? Yes. Ah, oh, shit! I'm up first. Uh, okay. Uh, first up for me from 1983, Christine, a nerdish, a nerdish boy. Is that even proper English? A nerdish boy. When you say a nerdy boy, I guess we're saying a nerdish boy buys a strange car. 
with an evil mind of its own, and his nature starts to change to reflect it. Directed by John Carpenter, based on Stephen King novel. I haven't seen this movie in many, 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 many years. Quite possibly the last time I saw it was that little black and white TV in my parents' kitchen. And I remember having a couple of scary parts and generally thinking it was a pretty decent flick. Uh, I popped on Netflix and I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll give it a spin. Man, so I fell asleep to this movie about three nights in a row. And I was about at the halfway point. And at that point, I was starting to get, um... Oh, like you were describing Hurricane Heist. Starting to get angry that I keep falling asleep to this god-awful shitty movie. And... <laughs> And I'm thinking back to all the times that Eugene's watched this and talked about it on the show and how much he liked it. And, da, 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 da. and finally it got to a point where it was just had enough whiskey in me that I was like, you know what? This is a piece of shit. And you guys were like, <laughs> yeah, it, isn't that great? And I'm like, oh, wait, you're you're admitting it's a piece of shit and you like it because of Mystery Science Theater reasons. It's like, oh, okay. I was expecting legit good horror. I didn't know that I was watching Maximum Underdrive. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, I just came up with that. Um, so um, 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 um. Wow. So then the the second half of the movie, I got. I'll give it credit. It picked up a lot in the second half of the movie, and I enjoyed the second half of the movie because at that point, then we started getting into the shitters, and shitter this, and nobody's gonna shitter me, and sh- those those shitters over there, and the shitter shitters. Was like, oh, he does say that a lot, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, all the time. I, I, was, I was, okay, uh, now I see the stupid what, Friday the 13th part, oh, them damn enchiladas kind of humor in this. And <laughs> yeah, the kills got better as the movie went on, uh, even though everybody still acted like a complete moron. Um, the, um, ugh. The, the girl getting out of the car, they set up this whole trap at the end, and then the girl gets out of the tractor for whatever reason, and here comes Christine, and then, ah, let me stand here and kind of wave my arms and scream a little bit, and it's like, move your ass. Like, all you gotta do is take two steps right behind the tractor, you're good. Anyway, all that aside, by the time it was over, I appreciated it on a Mystery Science Theater level, and I will probably watch it again down the road, but at least I'm going into it with the proper mindset. Because before, it was like, guys, this is bad. And it is. But it was okay once I got past, once I realized it was supposed to be good, good, bad. Oh, but the bad guy looks like a 40-year-old. 40 year old. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah he was, uh, uh, Jim Morrison crossed with uh, John Travolta <laughs> back in the Grease days or whatever. And yep. I thought he was great. He had to be at least 40 playing a 17-year-old. Had to be. Okay, I liked that movie. Yeah, I know. You've told me many times. Uh, but you didn't tell me it was because it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> and it is. Let's go one year into the future. 1984. Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Have you seen this movie? I don't believe so. I remember the cover on VHS back in the day. Oh, I have the VHS, sir. In my collection. Sheena grew up in the African wild, raised by a mystical witch woman. When her foster mother is framed for a murder, Sheena is forced to flee, helped by her ability to talk to animals and her knowledge of the jungle. Hour and 57 minutes. That's basically my biggest complaint about this movie. Oh, it's PG. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, right. 
uh, hour and 57 minutes, it's too long. You could have cut this down by 15 minutes. Fairly easy, I think. The movie itself, though, it's Female Tarzan, starring Tanya Roberts, which in 1984, not hard on the eyeballs whatsoever. Now, mm-hmm. you said something about PG. Was this more of a PG-13-ish type affair? Oh, there's nudity in this movie, and there's killing. I, I, it's every bit of PG-13. But there's one part where it's not sexual, I guess, but she's going to take a... Come, we must cleanse ourselves in the waterfall water, and she just drops all her gear, and he's just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, what? I'm just bathing myself, what? Hopping up and down, and you're like, all right, yep. Uh, enough of the skimpy animal skins. There, it's it's all out in the air. Uh, but there is, is the movie on Blu-ray. <laughs> mm. <laughs> hey, look, it's every bit as shitty or better than most of your shitty better Blu-rays. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think you would enjoy the movie, and you would say the same thing. It's too long, but it does have a lot of interesting kind of things in it. The and a little bit of comedy. It's got a little bit of everything, you know. A little bit of adventure. A little bit of weird animal stuff. Uh, some funny bits of her, like, having to help him up and, uh, the stupid American man up into a tree so she, like, lifts him up with one hand, practically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and her talking to the animals is funny. At one point, she draws a line in the sand around the car to protect them, like, put up a force field, and it works, and it's, it's ha. Huh? But I guess because uh, she was raised by a witch woman. Okay. And she rides a zebra and shoots arrows. It's Tarzan. Damn, dude, you are selling me on this. <laughs> Everything about that sounds... Eugene. <laughs> I mean, zebras and bouncy and... Lions, yes. yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't think you would be disappointed, other than the runt. Ah, yeah. uh, there you go. Sheena, queen of the jungle. Okay. And first up for me is... Uh, a lot of my reviews are going to be focusing on this director, and that's Jim Van Beber. Deadbeat at Dawn. I watched my Arrow Blu-ray release of this, and this is one of the most stacked Blu-rays that I have seen all year. There is so much great information on this Blu-ray, regardless of what you may or may not think about the movie itself. That is so fascinating from a from a cinemaphile. Uh, person, I guess. Someone that is interested in this stuff, especially do-it-yourself, low-budget, homemade movies. The movie itself, I'm going to first review the movie, Deadbeat at Dawn. 1988, um, Jim Van Beber uh, dropped out of film school, and with, the I think, $10,000, the rest of his uh, film school money, he scraped together this movie. Deadbeat at Dawn filmed it in Ohio, and um, it is every bit its budget, but it is shot on film, and there is a dangerousness to this movie that is hard it's hard for me to describe it's almost it's cousins to a trauma movie but it's different in that uh, i don't know it's it's weird to describe like there's an energy going on in this movie that even though it's got some bad act really bad acting um it just feels like someone could have been killed making this movie and in fact jim van uh, bever he's the main star uh he is this is gang warfare uh, it's big, two two rival gangs He's, uh, what is his name in this movie? Uh, Goose. So, there you go. And this came after Top Gun, so I, hmm, let's see here. I wonder, huh? Uh, but his name's Goose, and his, he tries to lead a straight and narrow life after his years as a gang member. 
rival gang members uh, kill his girl, so yada yada. You see where this is going. So he has to get his revenge, and this is just, in an hour and 20 minutes, barely, there is so much weirdness thrown at the screen at you watching this movie. Uh, it's it's an action movie, but it's kind of sort of a horror movie because the gore is so off-putting and low-budget, but it works, especially the last 15-20 minutes. It's just geysers of blood and and nastiness, uh, and it, I'm like, it just there's a car chase in it, and I'm like, I can't. And Jim Van Beverar is hanging onto a car, and I'm like, how are you not getting killed for real? Because I know that that was the real deal. What I'm watching here, and I don't know how you survived that. Uh, it's was trippy. It just getting drugged behind it. You mean? He was holding on to the driver's side door and the bad guy's driving the car and he's hold, kind of holding on to the bad guy. Okay. And they're going down this narrow street and, and I'll get into the making of this on my next review. Uh, and actually, I'm going to kind of tie those in together. Um, I don't want to take too long on this, but, uh, it's, it's for what it is. I'm not sure. Like, again, you, you have seen this movie, <laughs> but you know, that was years ago on DVD when we were, I'm sure just blitzed. So, <laughs> you probably don't remember. Yeah. Oh, no. I, um, I said that last episode. I'm sure. You say so. Yeah. Uh, so, the the making of this movie. So, I watched that then. And the making of this movie, I think, is called Dawn of the Deadbeat. Um, and it's a feature-length, runtime documentary. And right off the bat, this documentary starts with uh, Jim Van Bever saying, uh, I shoot on 16 millimeter." something like that. And this whole documentary is shot on 16 millimeter and it is gorgeous. It's so, it looks so old, this documentary. And he has this unique, he's only made a few movies. The Manson family is another one. And he has this very, very unique and distinct style of shooting. He's made some Pantera music video, Pantera music video, super joint ritual music video, and a couple other short films. They're all 16 millimeter and they all just, have this Jim Van Beber look to him. Like I, at this point, I'm like, I can tell if it's a movie that he directed. And this documentary is every bit as, actually the documentary is better than the movie itself. He's barely in it. It's just people talking about the history of this movie that were kind of involved or were around when it was made. And every now and then Van Beber pops up to say some random weird shit. This guy is, he is different. <laughs> he is different. Um, I yeah, I would like to tell you to watch it, but I just don't know. I don't know what you're going to think of this movie and the documentary and everything. It's so bizarro, weird. It took him 15 years to complete the Manson Family movie. 15 years to get that movie made, and it is a true grindhouse experience. Um, it, his movies are just these exp- weird, violent experiences that it's hard for me to put into words. They're so different and odd, and it's like everybody was tripping. Just tripping balls making these things. <laughs> Sounds like most exploitation movies or yeah, grindhouse yeah. movies. The end of this, if you can't appreciate the end of Deadbeat at Dawn, though, the last 15 minutes, it is so crazy and awesome and just blood-drenched and, oh, lordy. <laughs> Eugene, yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, I huge, huge, huge thumbs up. I actually, I, I watched all, he has... There was five short films on this disc as well. I watched four of the five. 
uh, My Sweet Satan, um, Roadkill, The Last Days of John Martin, uh, Gator Green, and um, I watched the music videos, and then there was this other, this five-minute movie trailer for this slasher movie that was going to get made that never got made that he did a trailer for, and God, this just so damn weird, and yep, that's all me. <laughs> it is, oh, it was like Arrow released this Blu-ray and said, if we sell one copy, it's going to be Eugene Weaver, so let's at least do that. Because, oh, it's like, oh, I just like my precious. <laughs> well, now they're just sending them to you automatically, right? Yeah, just here, send to $30 to, you know, payable upon receipt. Oh, isn't this your, oh, which one do you have, are you subscribed to? That's Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, my bad. I, I this is Arrow. Yeah. Ritz. Arrow is still about top dog when it comes to, like, special features and everything. This thing was stacked with features. I didn't even, finally, I'm like, I have so much other shit to watch. I'm like, I'm done. I There's a couple things I didn't watch on it, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I gotta move on. So. Okay. There you go. Oh, are you going to do another movie, or are you, are you counting the documentary as another one? Um, the, the documentary was featured. I'm counting that as one. Oh, okay. Uh, a Wrinkle in Time, also in the Deadbeat at Dawn universe, it takes place. Didn't you know? No. Really? Of course not. It's a Disney movie with kids. What are you oh. talking about? <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Or what? I was just kidding. Well, I was just making a joke while I was writing a note. Okay, A Wrinkle in Time. Oh. This has been on the roulette. After the disappearance of her scientist father, three peculiar beings send Meg, her brother, and her friend in space in order to find him. Uh, starring Storm Reed, Oprah Winfrey, Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling, Levi Miller, Derek McCabe, and Chris Pine. Derek McCabe was the young boy, uh, youngest boy in here, Charles Wallace. I mention that because we often talk about the performances of the kids and... He was in that dangerous age of you could really suck. I thought he did a very, very, very good job. Mm. Zach Galifianakis is also in this. Michael Pena. They both played their weird roles just fine. The majority of the people played their weird roles just fine. It's very much a fantasy science fiction movie, so you got to kind of suspend disbelief and kind of go with it in that Avatar kind of sense of the word, like or sense of the feeling. Where if if you're weirded out by blue cats on some other planet, then just don't even bother. Don't even go down the path. The majority of the castings were great. I have a problem with the Oprah Winfrey casting. I just don't know her as an actress. She's been in plenty of things over the years. She might have even won a Oscar at one point, didn't she? For uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, the color purple or something. But what that Whoopi Goldberg. Maybe. I, I think Oprah won an Oscar. I could be wrong. But she pops up and I'm just like, man, I just I just see Oprah. I don't, with weird makeup. Mm. That's the other thing that, the makeup in this movie, I know you're trying to go for a fantastical thing. It just looks like you got sparkly lipstick on and sparkly eyebrows. It doesn't really work for me. It pulls me out of the movie. A movie, like the movie starts sucking me in and then little things like that pull me back out. Anyway. I feel like the other kid actors did good, especially the main kid actor, Storm Reed. Um, what else? Storyline good? The story it didn't do that hot. No, it didn't. The storyline was good, but again, you really got to suspend disbelief. Because it's about this NASA scientist who has this theory about the whole universe being 
combined and being out there, but also being within us. So if we can find the right frequency for our headspace, that we can almost travel anywhere instantaneously just by thinking is kind of the idea. And obviously that's what happens. It's in the trailer. He discovers this. And it's a really cool idea. It's a really cool kind of plot that, you know, we are all one and yay, the hippie music comes out and we all are happy and dance around. And we gotta fight the darkness, yay! There also is a really dark kind of third act because, spoiler alert, the kid, the littlest kid who's been cutesy the whole movie goes evil. And you, it's like, whoa, okay, the kid can act, because I believe he's evil. Uh, another problem I have with the movie is Chris Pine's character, not Chris Pine himself, but his character, makes some really questionable decisions in this movie, especially in the third act where you're like, Dude, this family's over. There's no way you come back from that, in my opinion. I don't know how you... you as a father, you'd never make that decision. What is wrong with you? I can't believe... Like, what? It, it really threw me for a loop. But I guess in a world where there are many, many, many fathers who have completely abandoned their children, I don't... I, we stand apart from that, I guess. So th yeah. those kinds of decisions... I'm not saying that's what he did in this movie. I'm just saying... Uh, does, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I got you. I'm not saying that's what he did in the movie. I'm just, yeah. There are plenty of dudes out there who have sired children that apparently can just whatever. That doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, anyway, I, Chris Pine was a very likable character, other than a couple of decisions that he made. It, it wasn't a deal breaker. I just was like, man, how does your family even come back from those kinds of things? But whatever, that's fine. The movie itself, overall, maybe a hair long at an hour 50, but we're always in a hurry. And I was watching in the background while working. The special effects, for the most part, were really good. And overall, I thought this didn't deserve to be the bomb that it was, at least not from the other Disney movies that are making tons of huge bank. At least this was an interesting story. It sure combines a couple of other stories into one, but at least it's something you haven't... It's kind of original. It's a different kind idea. Kind of like Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland was, I thought it was great. I thought of Tomorrowland, uh, Tomorrowland a couple of times during this movie. Uh, it's not nearly as good as that. That one is a fully formed movie. That's a Brad yeah. Bird production. It, it has a beginning, middle, end, a, an arc. Yeah. This one, uh, Oprah threw me off a lot. Maybe that's not right. Maybe I shouldn't be like that, but for me, I just, I see her as Oprah. I don't see her as actress, you know? I no, I would agree. There are certain people that it's hard to see them in a movie and be like, "Oh yeah," like every now and then, like Bill Maher will pop up in an older movie, a much younger Bill Maher. And I'm like, "Ah, you're Bill Maher. You 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 do your shtick. You're not. It does. It's weird to see you in a movie. It's only a few, oh, it's only a few times, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's it for me to uh, for tonight. Okay, another round for you. Okay, so, uh, I mean, I've been watching so many of these Vinegar, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-rays. I'm going to uh, review The Children. Uh, this is from 1980. A, I, oh, thank you. Yeah, 1980. There's numerous children movies. This is the 1981. I uh, popped the disc in, and... Dun, 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 Lloyd Kaufman oh, presents. No. I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> a trauma picture, blah, 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 blah. Well... So it starts, and I'm like, oh, starting to play on my phone. Beep, 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 beep. But then, but then, 
Uh, Harry Manfredini's score kicks in, which he's the Friday the 13th score guy, so we have a very, like, it's Friday the 13th score minus the ch-ch-ch. It's that. So, that plus one. That's the, It's like, okay, I'm in. And I believe upon, like, I did some research on this, uh, a lot of the crew worked on this movie, and I'm not sure if the location was very, like, close to the same location. It might have been, but um, I started to like this movie. Uh, and as it went on, I liked it more and more. So there's uh, we start out with this nuclear power plant, and there's a leak. And then we cut to a school bus with these kids. And the school bus goes through this uh, fog. And uh, cue zombie-ish type kids now that, upon giving adults a hug, fry them. Just fry their asses to death. Uh, oh boy, here we go. Well, wife came home, was going to take a nap, sent the kids down, just give me a sec. Okay. Well, while he does that, I'm going to keep on reviewing the children. Um, so, the, um, what started out as a bit schlocky and some bad acting, and it has, uh, it has some bad acting, uh, it gets creepy, especially with, with, uh, Harry Manfredini's music, the setting, uh, the kids are suitably creepy, and the way they go about killing the adults is, uh, it's very gross for some reason. The special effects are, are really good, especially the aftermath is really good. Uh, and then, I don't want to give away how, uh, how these kids are done away with, or how, how this is resolved, but it is, it's kind of a heavy movie because we are, as with any killer kid movie, we're dealing with kids that are killers, and then they have to be, uh, taken care of. And it's kind of heavy subject matter in that, like, even with a lower budget kind of grindhouse type movie like this, but it really does work. My, honestly, at the end of the day, my only big complaint would be that the runtime gets to be a bit long. And we're talking like it could have been tightened up by maybe five minutes, 10 minutes at the most. If it would have shaved a little bit of that, a little bit towards the end off, uh, when things were really ramping up, they kept going a little bit too long. If they would have actually just Ended it a bit sooner. I think that I would have liked it even more. But as it was, this was a thumbs up. Uh, I definitely think you should watch it. Horror sci-fi. Uh, there's a lot to like in this movie, but you have to give it time because it does take its time setting up. And it it gets a, just a hair long-winded in the end. But otherwise, that was a solid, solid movie. I'm quite glad I watched it. So You're still talking about the children? Yes. That was a sci-fi movie? Sci-fi horror, kind of, yeah, that's what it's listed as on IMDb. Okay, and I, kind of, sort of, yeah, but uh, that was pretty cool. Okay, I'll check it out. I think I've watched at least two other movies with, called The Children. <laughs> I know, yeah. I uh, just it right off the bat, my my guard was up when I saw Lloyd Kaufman, Michael Hurt's trauma. I'm like, whoa, but mm-hmm. uh, thumbs. Oprah has been nominated for three Oscars and has oh. only won one for a, uh, something called Herself. Uh, but she was nominated for The Color Purple and for Selma. Oh, okay, Selma. All right. I, I, I haven't seen any of those movies, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I'd be able to disassociate her from her uh, television persona more if I'd watched more of her work, I guess. Okay. No, All but right. That gets a big thumbs up. Um, and then lastly, for this episode, I'm guessing this is it then, correct? Yep. Okay. 
Last review of the night is Cutting Class. Was so excited to watch this, or rewatch this, when I watched this back in my high school years on VHS at a friend's house, back when I would go over to my buddy's house and his mom would let us rent stacks of horror movies, and Cutting Class was one of them. And it's a slasher movie from 1989, although I want to say that it was shot in 1987, I don't know, It very much late 90s feel, or I'm sorry, late 80s feel. Uh, this was the Vinegar Syndrome uncut release. <laughs> There's Brad. Yeah, Brad Pitt stars in this, and so does Jill Sholin, I believe. She was in, I believe she was in Hellraiser. Uh, Phantom of the Opera. What else was she? Oh, Stepfather. She was uh, in Stepfather Popcorn. Curse to the Bite. I don't think that she was in. I think that's someone. Yeah, she wasn't in Hellraiser. Um, good God. Oh. Slasher movie, really? Um, this is a high school after school drama with a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of ketchup packets, maybe. Um, and this is the uncut version. I mean, the, the cut version must have been PG. This, this makes no sense. I mean, it, it, it. We start with this hunter. He's out in the wilderness doing his thing with a bow and or whatever. He's or is he fishing? I don't. Gives a shit. He gets shot with an arrow. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, he's dead. Well, it turns out that this guy that was shot with an arrow is uh, is our lead uh, our lead final girl's dad, uh, and he was a. Is he a lawyer or something? Yeah, he's. A, and I watched it last night, Ben. I don't remember. He was a lawyer. And there's a guy that he put in the, the, the psychiatric ward, and now he's out. And Brad Pitt is the boyfriend of this girl, and they used to be friends. And, uh, and he, Brad Pitt's the he is the jock bully asshole of the movie, and he is a prick in this movie. And we're supposed to see, feel sympathy for the uh, the guy that had mental issues that was released. And he's kind of sort of creepily stalking our lead girl. All the while, the guy that was shot with an arrow is still alive and trying to get to, to trying to get to, to be saved. Uh, there's a, cl- I'm just gonna do random things that go on throughout the movie. There's a class field trip that they end up at this, at the swamp where this dad was shot with an arrow. So the guy with the, and wait, the, the guy with the arrow, he's not the slasher killer guy? Cause usually the guy you think is dead, the burning kind of thing. Yeah, no, no, oh, no, 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 he's still alive. He's just, he's kind of waka waka. He's, he's the, Funny, almost dead, but not quite character. So the teacher actually, ste- I think it was one of the, te- the teacher, steps on his body. I'm like, ooh, but they don't, they don't do anything. I'm like, it was funny. You see, he stepped on his body and they didn't, oh my God. Um, so then the guy, then at one point, the, this arrow shot guy is talking with, he gets food and he's talking with his mouth full to this dog. And he's trying to get the dog to go for to get help. Oh, fucking stupid! And <laughs> and then all the meanwhile, then we've got the stock and slash going on at the high school where the I'm going to spoil the movie. So spoiler alert: it's Daddy. the guy that is it it it's the guy that escaped or that that was released from the mental institution. Like it was him all along. You're supposed to believe that it's maybe Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt's a douchebag in it, but it's actually the guy all along. Because he's infatuated with the lead girl, and he went to revenge on the the guy that with the arrow and feeding the dog bullshit. Um, 
anyway, there's one, there's one completely homoerotic scene underneath. They're Brad Pitt and this guy are, they're working underneath a car and they're like, Brad Pitt's a prick to this guy, but they used to be friends. And so they're underneath the car and they're talking about their feelings. And you remember that one time when we were, when we were younger and you told me how to do this to the car and, Ah, uh, and Mike, why don't you guys just start kissing, please? That would be the best part of this movie right now. If you guys just start just deep kissing, please, anything to lighten the mood of it. Just do something. <laughs> did, I mean, so, spoiler, anyway, like, did they? No, unfortunately, they did not. Uh, but, but Brad Pitt was just, he continued to be an asshole. And then, and then in the very end, I actually, the last five minutes of the movie, I fell fast. Like, literally, when the killer is getting killed, I fell asleep. I, I I was so bored to tears by by this movie. I I have no idea how he gets killed actually because I whatever. And then I I all of a sudden I woke up to Brad Pitt and Final Girl driving off in his eighties Mustang. And then they had the quick swerve because the dad shows up all covered in mud and stop. And then he makes a wisecrack comment about you're supposed to be in school or something to his daughter. Like how random is that that the daughter and the boyfriend are driving in like. Whoops! Oh, I almost ran over my almost dead dad, and who makes a crack about you're supposed to be in school or roll credits? This, this sounds like how I felt about Spring Break. We go on out on Spring Break, Spring Break. Isn't that what that movie is called? Spring Break. Spring Break. You mean Fall Break? Oh, my bad. I forgot what what the Mutilator. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Mutilator is like that's Oscar winning. That is <laughs> but, that is no, no, great. No. I'm just saying that sounds like how I felt about that. We're going on a fall break. A fall oh, break. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I screwed up yeah. the uh, season there. Yeah, yeah. This is such a memorable, high quality movie. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic compared to this. This is. Oh my lord, mine. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> I own it, and I've got the slipcover, and I'm happy with it. <laughs> no, I'm not actually, but I'm happy to keep it. <laughs> <sighs> you're you're happy to let it just collect dust up on that shelf for another couple years. Oh. I'll- I'd like to say I'll never watch the movie again, but I, and I heard that there's like, there's one of the special features is uh, Jill Sholin, the actress in this movie, that she actually talks very candidly about the director and her not getting along and how he changed things. And that's why the movie is a piece of shit. So, and it is, uh, this was one that I was like, oh, this is surefire. This is going to be awesome. Like Brad Pitt is a teenager in a slasher movie from the eighties. I'm like, I, I'm sure this is going to be awesome. Wrong. Wrong. Until I watch it next time. Yep. And we'll see. We'll watch that score grow. Yeah. You know, I've hated this the first three or four times I watched yeah. it, but it's coming around. On... It'll grow like a fungus. They all do. <laughs> uh, coming soon for me, American Ninja 5 on VHS. And MASH at close range. I've got a whole bunch of VHS I want to watch. Again, still with the triple nine, I didn't get around to that. I've been watching more of the Mystery Science Theater stuff, which I haven't got. I didn't get around to reviewing, but I've been watching some of that just because, you know, you have a crappy day and you just want to smile for a little bit. And you, mm-hmm. the Mystery Science Theater helps me quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure I'll have more of that. Uh, what about you, sir? What do you got coming soon? Um, I've got some Christmas movies, of course. Um, and in fact, I there's there's so many Christmas movies that. I slash we have already watched it. I'm not, I haven't even reviewed them. I'm like, why? Christmas story slash Christmas vacation slash. Elf. Elf's been on my list. We watched it. Yeah. Am I going to talk about that again? Yeah. So, I mean, I suppose if I, no, no, I'm not going to review those. 
I'm not. We've I've talked about Mr. Clark Griswold way too many times in years past. Yep. Uh, but uh, other stuff. Um, I mean, just vinegar syndrome. That's and, and everything that encompasses all the movies that I got from them. Uh, D- Deadly Daphne's Revenge. I watched that. I haven't got. A, I didn't get around to reviewing that. Uh, Horror House on Highway Five. I watched that. Uh, Terror, I watched that. Beware My Brethren, I watched... These are basically all movies that I'm going to review on next episode or try to. And then there's other ones that I've been wanting to watch that are still on the on the list. So, anyway, it's all sorts of great stuff. And then Black Christmas, both the original and remake are going to be watched at some point here in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Uh, have you got around to getting your copy of our Stephen Skull movie that we're going to do? No, but... Uh, is that going to be the first week in January? It might be the last week in December. I don't. I don't know. Oh, so you might need to hop on. That might want to start getting on that. Okay, but that will be coming soon. I'm not sure. It just kind of depends with me transitioning from one job to another, winding all that down to the end of the year. It might be January till we actually get on that. But I would like that to make to be like our very last episode of the year, Christmas present to the fans. Okay. To the listeners, nobody's really a fan of the show. They just listen every yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to our diarrhea, diarrhea verbiage. They're like, oh, spewed what spewed every week. What are they going to complain about this week? <laughs> yep. It has turned literally into the complaining freaks. Because I'm like, did I give any good review? Oh, I guess Debbie did Donna gave that a good review. but I guess I didn't, the I didn't really either. I kind of did. <laughs> Sheena. That was the best I could muster. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to talk about those movies, though. I just wanted to get them out there. I have piles and piles. We need another speed round is eventually going to happen, but I got to get a we few should more, do that. Yeah, I got to get a few more VHS checked off. Those are the ones that are easy to do it with. Yeah, and those are fun. That should be a, a, a new segment that we do just to, to to clean up our lists a little bit because our lists get my, at least mine. It's getting very crowded. Well, I've got I've got stuff, stuff from like uh, February. <laughs> it goes back that yeah. far. Yeah, and after a while, it's like, well, shit, should I just rewatch that? Yeah, I think I'm going to. Actually. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. All right, I will see you next week. All right, see ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.